0: The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. A number of years ago, there was a woman who lived in Ramat Gan, Israel. I'll call her Mrs. Lerner. Mrs. Lerner had a job working for this company which basically enabled her to support her entire family. And she felt very fortunate because economic times in Israel at the time of the story was very difficult and she was lucky to have a job. The problem that she had, was that she was three months pregnant. And the big question was, would she still have a job waiting for her after she had her baby? At that time, maternity leave in Israel was not what it is today. And therefore she was concerned. If she tells them, I have to take off for some time for giving birth or for caring for a child, they'll hire someone else and she wouldn't have a job. To make matters worse, her husband had been unemployed for six months. So she was supporting the family. This job was everything. To make matters even worse, her brother was just laid off, and she was supporting her brother as well. So she's the only breadwinner not only of her family, but she has her brother to care for. And this anxiety was really getting to her. And she decides, I know it's early in this pregnancy, but I can't go on with this fear in my mind. I'm going to have to find the time to go into the boss's office and to talk. And hopefully he'll respond positively. One afternoon, the owner of the company, we'll give him a name, Mr. Fisher, he came by the workplace and he was having lunch in the cafeteria while all the other employees were taking their lunch breaks. And he happens to sit at the table where Mrs. Lerner is sitting. And she says, this is the best opportunity I'm ever going to get. And so she finds the courage to broach the subject. She was very nervous. And after explaining the situation about her and the pregnancy and her husband and the brother, he wasn't ready to commit to anything. Yeah, I hear you all think about it. And he changed the subject, moved on. She was very disturbed by that, but what could she do? Other people join the table, conversation switches, and they're all starting to speak about their past histories, where they were born, where they're from. When Mrs. Lerner mentioned that she was originally from the East Flatbush neighborhood in Brooklyn, Mr. Fisher suddenly pipes into the conversation, where in East Flatbush did you live? What street did you live on? What did your father do for a living? What did your grandfather do for a living? What school did they go to? All types of questions. After she was quizzed by Mr. Fisher about all these questions about her life in East Flatbush and her father and her grandparents, Mr. Fisher stands up and leaves the room. He comes back a few minutes later, his eyes are red, and you can see that he was crying. And he says, I need to tell you something. Many years ago, there were two electricians who lived in the same neighborhood in East Floppish. One of these electricians was a union member and worked for a very large company and was very successful. The other was a non-union member. And he constantly struggled to make a living. And he would scrape together odd jobs here, odd job there, to try to put it together. These two men attended the same synagogue in his and they became friends. They would walk home together on the way home from Shul. One day, tragedy struck. The poor non-union electrician had a massive heart attack. And within days, he passed away. When the other electrician came to the house for Shiva to pay condolences to the mourners, He couldn't help but notice the poverty of the home. And then he was a little bit nosy, and he walked into the kitchen, and he saw how empty it was. The cupboards were empty. The refrigerator was empty. He didn't stop to ask. He went right to the supermarket and came back with dozens of bags of food, filled the refrigerator, filled the cupboards, made sure there was food, not just for every day of shiva. He wouldn't stop coming. A week after shiva, when people stopped caring and stopped visiting, he would come with these bag loads of foods. He would see to it that the bakery would deliver fresh bread and danishes every morning. He continued this for months. A couple of months after the tragedy, the widow calls this electrician who's been paying these visits with food and says that her basement is filled with all these electrical tools and supplies that she has no need for. Being that you're an electrician, maybe you can do something with it. So he goes down to the basement, and sure enough, he sees this total mess with supplies, with all different electrical items, but not organized at all. And he asks permission if he can come by every night and visit the basement so he can organize. And he begins to make some order, put things in different boxes. And after weeks and weeks of doing this, he puts out notice to all electricians that there's going to be this sale of electrical parts, and know that the funds you give will go help a widow and her family. And on a given Sunday, electricians came from all over New York, and everything was purchased up. And this man raised thousands of dollars and gave that to the widow. The worker sitting in this cafeteria in Ramat Ghana listening to Mr. Fisher tell the story. He then turns to Mrs. Lerner and he says, The electrician who organized that sale, who brought food for months to that widow and her children, was your grandfather, Zvi Ackerman. And I was one of the six orphans who watched him do it every single day. It was my father who died at such a young age. And my brothers and my sisters, we were just kids then, but none of us ever forgot the kindness of your Zaidi and what he did for our mother and for all of us during those sad and painful days. Mrs. Lerner, make no mistake about it, you will always have a job with this company. And tomorrow morning, I would like for you to please have your brother and your husband come to my office, because they will be working here as well. That night, a tearful Mrs. Lerner went home and wrote a letter to her grandfather, who was still alive. All it said was, thank you, Zadie. I'm so proud to be your granddaughter. A man in Brooklyn, New York, sees the despair of a family, decides to seize the moment and to do something about it. And it shows up later, years later, decades later in Ramat Gan Israel. That's the way special moments of our lives turn the axis of our world and have a way of repaying themselves over and over and over again. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend.